Mamas, this is Sarah Comers, owner of The Mom Culture, and I'm here with my good friends, Gina and Julie, and together we make up The Mom Culture crew. We're going to chat about how we wing it and win it in motherhood while trying to raise good humans. We're going to chat with some of our favorite mamas that inspire us, so grab a cup of coffee and enjoy the chat. Hey guys, this is Sarah, and uh, today we're going to talk about a topic that's kind of been on our heart space around here, and then just given the recent events, we've been reflecting on it a little bit more. Just loss of loved ones, um, how you navigate being a responsible parent and a grown-up and preparing yourself um, for that if it is something that should happen to you. It's been a hot topic in our um, mom culture club and then a lot in our community. And um, we just kind of wanted to touch on it a little bit after um, the news of Kobe Bryant and the seven other passengers that were on his helicopter. And it's just been very somber. And again, just something we really wanted to touch on. So I'm here with Gina and with Julie. And we want to talk about life insurance and just preparing for that should it happen to any of us mamas. So Gina's got some interesting facts for us. And we've got some personal accounts of just how those topics have affected us lately and just trying to help everyone get a little bit more prepared. So good morning, ladies. Good morning. Good morning. So this topic, as you know, we've all been talking about it, right? Especially even before the news hit about Kobe, it actually had come up in our office conversations. Um, Julie is um, in her 20s and she's buying a house and she's been married for what, almost three years, Julie? Three years in June, yeah. So, and, you know, we were kind of, Gina and I feel this like big sister thing with her. So we've been kind of just talking to her about like grown up things and life insurance came up and it's honestly something not a lot of people really talk about. Um, you know, unless you have it through your company, I think a lot of people don't really, really go and invest in it. What would you say, Gina? Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, we, we looked up just some statistics and uh, over 40% of U.S. citizens do not have any life insurance. That's and so crazy. that's pretty staggering. Um, but like you're saying, it's it's kind of been not affecting us directly, but affecting those around us. And so we really are thinking about it a lot more. No, so much. We actually have had um, not just the loss of like Kobe Bryant. And I feel like that was huge for everybody because he was such a sports legend in his own right, he granted so many make-a-wishes. Whether you liked him as a sports player or not, he was a good human. And he had, you know, a wife. And he had four four daughters. Unfortunately, he also lost one with him. So he has three daughters. And, you know, we've had friends locally here that have had similar loss that are, you know, young moms that, you know, some stay at home, some work part-time, some are teachers. And, um, you know, just knowing that people are either not prepared for that or, you know, a little bit prepared. It's been it's been definitely a hot topic here. Because something that I've always wondered is it's like, you know, I mean, you're never promised tomorrow, but when do you start planning that kind of stuff? You know, is it yeah. as soon as you get married or as soon as you have the opportunity to, to buy a life insurance policy? Like, what are what are your tips? <laughs> um, I would say as soon as you get married, um, buy a house, have kids. When you have other people that rely on you, um, that's when it, it matters and that's when it counts. And the younger you are is, you know, the better time to get it because you'll pay less. And that is huge. And I think that a lot of people don't get life insurance because it's expensive or they think it's expensive and they can't imagine another, um, you know, another ex monthly expense. So, um, but definitely... 
the younger you are. And if you're married, especially if you have kids, I think that's a no brainer. Um, you have to consider, can you afford to live if your spouse dies? And no one wants to think about that. But the people that we've known, um, like I said, in the past four months, we've lost three people that were in their early 30s with all young children. And it wasn't expected. It was all, you know, accidents or health issues that came up unexpectedly. So, um, you know, you can't prepare for that. It's not like a terminal illness that you see coming, but you need to be, you need to be ready. And and it's something I, I'm guilty of not planning for. Um, Gina and her husband are, I always call them, they're like the perfect grownups. They've like planned out all these things. And like, you are, you really financially secure. You've done the work, but Gina brought up an interesting topic is that Although they've done all of the paperwork and they've prepared, there are other avenues that they they haven't. And we'll touch on that in this. But like you said, it's been unexpected. We've lost a lot of people in our community recently. There was a mom here that lost um, her husband. Her three children were in the car. And um, by the grace of God, they're all okay. But she is now a single mom with three very, very young kids. When Gina and I were in preschool together, I can't remember. I think it was Lily was there and... Reagan at the time they were like towards the end of their preschool and then our little ones were in the the TK program um there was a mom who had two daughters and her husband was just driving to work and he made a wrong decision in traffic and he lost his life and she was 28 years old stay-at-home mom no job and it was it was awful our community rallied really well but I remember you know seeing her navigate through that and it was heartbreaking so it's definitely something we just wanted to talk about and now with Julie buying her house and married we've been kind of like pushing her we're like you're young you're healthy this is the time to buy health insurance or excuse me life insurance (laughs) um and um you know get that started especially before you have kids so when did you and your husband start planning I would say the first time that we had a job that offered life insurance, we took it immediately from the employer. It's either, it can be free, it can be like $2 a paycheck. A lot of times it's really inexpensive and it's a no-brainer way to start. Um, And then, I I can't remember, I want to say after we had our first. Now, our story is a little different because we, um, we were married for 10 years before we had our first child, but we had infertility struggles. So, you know, we were together for a long time, um, which made us older, which maybe made us a little bit wiser, wiser, and maybe just a little bit more financially prepared to take on that extra expense. I know a lot of times if you're really young parents, you know, maybe you're just kind of getting by with your paycheck. So that extra expense is, you know, is not welcome. So how much, I mean, just as an average, I guess, could I ask, like how much does it cost per month or I know it's based on age. So like, how do you, it is based on age and, and amount of life insurance. So, um, like an average rate for like $500,000 for a woman in her, like, let's say around 25 to 30 years old is approximately like 20 to $25 a month. Um, the older you get, the more it goes up. So essentially for the cost of three Starbucks visits, you could have life insurance. So like our core, our core demographics here at mom culture is 25 to 35. Although we have moms of all ages and grandmothers and you know, that, that follow us. But so for the average, like our audience, it's only 25 to $30. Right. And that's crazy. Yeah. 
But if you wait till you're 40 or 45, it's going to be like 40 to $50 a month. So you can see how it goes up exponentially. So the younger you get it, and then that premium stays with you for the term of the policy. There are different types of life insurance. There's term and whole life insurance. And just briefly, um, term means that it expires. So you can get it for 10, 20, 30 years. You pay the same premium every month for that amount of time. And then at the end of that, it, it expires. And if you are lucky enough not to die during that time, then that money just goes away. Um, but if you need it, you know, you knew that it was there. Whole life insurance is um, life insurance. And it's also somewhat of an investment where the premium that you pay is considerably more than term life insurance, but a portion of that money is invested and it, you can use it towards retirement. Um, but what I've read is that the interest rates aren't that great. So if you really want to invest for retirement, you should go with like a traditional IRA, something, something like that instead of a life insurance policy. So what type of policy do you guys currently have, we, if you don't mind me asking? That's okay. We have term life insurance. Um, things to think about, you know, if you get a 30-year policy, by the end of that 30 years, your mortgage is probably paid for, your kids are probably gone. Um, maybe if, if you've been saving for retirement, um, you'll have that money. So you don't necessarily need as much life insurance in 30 years that you need now. So you have to weigh those kinds of expenses. Those kind of options. So what about you, Julie? Do you and your husband currently, I mean, I know here at Mom Culture, we're so small, so we don't have benefits. I wish we did, but I'll work on it one day, guys, trying. But for you and your husband, um, do you guys have benefits on your other employment, like currently? Um, good question. So I used to have life insurance at my old employer, but, you know, when you leave, it's I think they kind of just kick you out, or I think they give you the option to continue it on your own and or you something. Did, but you didn't do it. I didn't, yeah. Um. But yeah, you know, I'm definitely going to look into it as kind of on my own and just see what we can get for that for me and him. Um, because I do think it's a good investment, especially like Gina said, you know, you've got 30 year, thirty years for your mortgage. And so, you know, leaving that with someone else is, you know, a lot to think about. So um, I'm definitely going to look into the investment and maybe you could kind of tell us of some different options. Like how do you find a life insurance policy? Is it just a Google search? Like, you know, I think Google, I mean, <laughs> we're, we're all about the land of Google. I think it's a great place to start, especially, you know, if uh, your employment doesn't offer it or you don't have it. And honestly, talking to your parents or someone who's older and wiser, like I, I love talking to Gina because I feel like Gina has laid such a great foundation for the grown up world. So I'm always like asking her. And it was because this topic had started that I actually went home and asked my husband and we used to have life insurance through his previous employer and now he's an independent contractor. So we pay for everything ourselves. And, um, we actually had a lapse. We had a, a hack and our card was hacked and he didn't realize that it was attached to that card. And when he was going and putting everything back on, it was one that kind of fell through the cracks. So his policy actually had lapsed. And by the time we caught it, they, it was about two months and they wouldn't honor the original one. I mean, that's kind of the loophole, right? Mm -hmm. And because of his age and because he had health problems, it was very hard. We couldn't get it back. We couldn't get the amount of the policy back. So now he's got um, way less than statistically, according to Gina and the internet, that we should have. So he's got about a $250,000 accidental policy. 
And he's got a 250000 just uh, policy in general. And he thinks, he thinks, we're going to find this out, that if he were to die in an accident, I would get both. But we're not 100% sure. But you, when you were doing research for this podcast, we would need, honestly, what did you come up with for us? Uh, 10 to 12 times your income. So if you make $100,000, you need a million-dollar life insurance policy. Um, which is a lot of money. But again, if you get that policy when you're 25, um, it may only cost you $35 a month. So it's not, it's not a lot of money every month. It is something that you might look at and say, well, I'm just, this money's going nowhere. But if you need it, you'll be so happy that you spent that money. Well, and I feel like that's what we're kind of noticing is that we're reaching that age. You know, I'm 38, going to be 39, and I'm we're now starting to lose friends. I mean, we really are. Like, we lost friends when we were younger, but now we're starting to lose. Husbands are passing away. And, you know, we had a mom here that passed away suddenly and left a single mom who left a 14, I believe it was, 14-year-old son behind. And um, to know that they're not maybe financially taken care of is very scary. You know, I have this side hustle of mom culture, but it's not always consistent. You know, it's feast or famine. And I think, you know, we depend totally on my husband's income. And if we were to lose it, I look at where we would be. And now I'm realizing our insurance policy is not enough to cover everything. Right. I did just want to add to Julie's question, where can you buy life insurance? I know a lot of times if you have car insurance, you can start there. Um, A lot of insurance companies offer, you know, all different kinds of policies. Um, you can go to like financial advisor places. Uh, we use um, Edward Jones for our investments and we were able to get life insurance through them. So there's brokers and you can call insurance companies directly to get to get quotes. You will have to do a medical exam. It's almost always required for life insurance. So just keep that in mind. And I feel like that's a big one because again, you know, as you get older, we're like cars, stuff starts going wrong and things start breaking down. And that's kind of where my husband is, is that he can't get anymore because he actually had a pulmonary embolism almost, oh gosh, four years ago now. And it's basically the widow maker. We're lucky that he survived it, but now insurance, like our premiums already for our health insurance are crazy. And life insurance is just, it's not going to happen. They're not going to increase it. So it's a lot to think about. And your husband, actually, which I love, I love, love Gina's husband. He's the most amazing man ever. He has life insurance on Gina, which not because he's going to offer like a lifetime movie, people, I'm just saying, but <laughs> but because he sees the value in what you do. And um, he explains your investor or investment about why. Um, so do you want to tell our followers kind of like his take on that? Um, I do. So when we, um, because we had, we had policies through a different company and then several years ago we did, uh, new policies with this, um, this new, uh, broker. And, you know, when he was advising us, he said, oh, you probably only need like 150,000 on Gina because she doesn't work. At that time I was a stay at home mom and, you know, he was like, well, she doesn't really bring in a lot of income, so you don't need a lot of insurance on her. But my husband's response was, if she's not here, I have to pay someone to do all the things that she does. And that's a lot more than $150,000 worth. So we upped my policy. I think mine is 450000 And that is for, you know, he'll need like childcare. He might need to hire a nanny. He, you know, he's going to need to pay for a lot of extra things that that right now I do for free. So, and, and I love that he saw the value in that because when I talked to my mom friends, no, none of us really have life insurance. And I actually brought it up to my husband after you telling me that story. I was like, Hey, 
Ron really values Gina and the amount of money she's worth <laughs> if, if he loses her. And and he was like, well, yeah, we should probably look into that too because it's, you don't really think about it. That's the thing is, you know, these are things you don't, we're, we're in the trenches of motherhood. We think about lunch packing and laundry and our school commitments and, you know, Girl Scouts and all these other things that we have on our plate. But these are like real things that could really affect us in the blink of an eye. Yeah. And I think we all expect to die when we're little old ladies and not when we're young moms with young kids. So um, again, not something we want to think about, but you, if you let yourself think about it, you'll start realizing how much money you really need. Um, if you're a stay-at-home mom and you lose your spouse and they were the, the main income, um, you have to go get a job. Now, are you going to be ready to just, you know, hit the pavement and go get a job after your husband passes away? If you have little kids, you know, it's probably going to take you a few months to get your life in order. So you need a financial cushion for that. Also, what can what kind of salary do you think you can earn after being home for, you know, 10 years, let's say. So, you know, you might need just that that extra supplement to add to to an, an income that is not going to be enough. Um, the other thing is funeral expenses. They're like, they can go from 6500 to $15,000. And again, you know, you may not want a luxury funeral, but even a basic funeral is probably around eight to $10,000. And you know, where does that money come from? So there's a lot to think about. You've given me more worry and anxiety now, but I appreciate it because, you know, seriously, it's been this conversation. It's somber and not one that we want to have, but we really want to touch on topics that affect, you know, mom culture. And this is one that we don't really talk about. And I think it's super, super important because as we are seeing, we are losing people. And I don't know personally how many of them have been prepared and not. I do know a few that just just weren't and and that's been hard to see so we're trying to bestow some wisdom onto everybody so Julie does this inspire you now to to kind of grow up and uh, get some life insurance going definitely after we after we end this I'm going to google what the the best way to start a life insurance policy is well you and Drew are are super healthy I mean knock on wood thank yeah. you for that but god like it, it's now I, I no, didn't realize it could happen yeah Seriously, like car accident like it could be anything you never know well and health wise I mean you know when Ward and I got together we were healthy ish I mean we had like some little you know little things but nothing you know out of the norm and now to think that we've been together for 17 years and he's deemed, you know, on these forms is not healthy any longer. So, and I, I, you know, I wish at your age we had thought about it a little bit more and maybe been a little bit more prepared. So, um, I did have one more question, Gina. So you would mention the different policies there's term and what is it? Whole. Whole. So if you do a term policy, right, you select, is it like increments of like five years or how I think do you it's 10, like 10, 20, 30 years. Okay. So like, say you select a 30, right. And then I would be what, 58 at that point. So when it comes up, I'm sure you get notices like, hey, it's going to end soon. If it ends, like, would you have to apply for a new one at that point? Or are you able to like extend coverage? Or oh, how yeah. does that are work? Are you grandfathered in? I don't think so. I think um, what I'm reading is about six months before it would expire, you should contact your insurance company. And I think you're able to not necessarily extend that policy, but get like a supplemental policy and as long as it doesn't lapse, I think that helps you in terms of the premium. Okay, that, you'll get. that makes sense. Because so. that's what I was wondering. Like at 58, obviously my health will be different. I'll have kids at that yeah. point, you know. So like, how do they judge that? Well, it's like, I'm sure it'd be better than starting then, like you were saying. But right. you don't want to start then. But again, at that point, 
you know, maybe your house is paid for, maybe your kids are, are gone, you know, out of the house. So, you know, you might need something different. And I know that there are other policies for older folks, like just like burial expenses, things like that. So you can get kind of a basic policy for, um, for, for those kinds of things and maybe not just like a, an income replacement. That makes sense. Thanks. So because you are so prepared, what are other steps that you and if you feel comfortable talking about you and Ron have done to kind of prepare in the event that happens? Uh, you were talking about you do have a, a will, right? We do have a will. Um, we have uh, assigned a guardian to our kids um, in the event that we both died in an accident or some strange event. Um, we have um, power of attorney for each other. We have... Um, advanced directive, I think it's called like a medical directive. So, you know, end of life wishes, if, um, I don't know, either of us were in a, a medical state that, you know, we didn't want, there's wishes there. Um, what else? Oh, we've also, we also opened up a trust. So we put our house, our bank accounts, um, things like that into the trust. And as our attorney liked to explain it, it's kind of like a treasure chest where everything is in there. So, the beneficiary that is left has access to all of that information without having to go through any sort of legal loopholes to get those, you know, um, that property or bank accounts and things like that. So that's really good. What, what ages were the kids when you guys decided to kind of just sit down and get all this stuff figured out? Uh, Eli wasn't even born yet. So and just I the think, two older girls. Yeah, I think Reagan was maybe two. They were pretty little. Um, and then, you know, we added... Well, I think when we wrote it, it was, you know, these two children and any more that may come along. So he was automatically included, but so then we covers did update. Him. Yeah, he's covered. That's that's really good because we honestly, I mean, I shared with you, I'm embarrassed to say it. We have not planned. We've had the conversation. Uh, we've, you know, definitely started the dialogue, but we just haven't, nothing pen to paper. And after the events that just happened, I mean, we were all together in the car when the news broke of Kobe. And I mean, instantly I thought of his wife. And then I was like, oh, I hope, you know, his children weren't in, you know, and then your mind just starts going all these places, but it's just brought it up that it's time to get pen to paper and figure out these things because I've got kids that, you know, are going to need to be taken care of. Me again. <laughs> um, how would you suggest starting, not really starting the conversation, but I guess, you know, bringing it up and then if you wanted to create a trust and create a will, would you find an attorney or is that something you do on your own? Um, we found an attorney, uh, I think you need an attorney to create the trust, um, to do a will. I think you can like, you know, do that stuff online. Um, and maybe you have to get it notarized, something like that, um, to make it a binding legal agreement. Um, but we did, we, we did get an attorney, um, cause we felt, I think we just felt a little bit more reassured that everything was going to be done correctly. Right. Cause I wouldn't even know where to start. That's why I'm like, what, what I steps know. do we need to take as young people? I'm, I'm picking her brain. Cause I'm like, <laughs> I should have this stuff figured out people. And I don't, which is why we're doing this podcast is one. There's the moms that are in it that really need to be figuring it out. There's the ones that have prepared, which is awesome, Gina. And then there's the next generation, which are the ones that aren't quite moms yet, but you know, trying to start things off on the right foot. Yeah. And we definitely like my husband and I always, want to be prepared. So that's why this kind of stuff is good to know now where we're like, we're not in a pinch financially where we could, you know, add on an extra $50 a month for both of us or whatever it is, you know, where it just kind of gives us that peace of mind. And since you're buying a house, you know, think about can like on your salary, can you afford that house payment? 
any car payments, car insurance, monthly expenses. If you can afford all of that on your salary, well, then that's awesome. But if you can't, then you have to consider what you need um, if you lost that other income. So, yeah, it's so many things to consider. It's it's crazy, but it's definitely been on on my mind a lot. You've definitely inspired me, Gina, to get my life together. Yeah, we always, Sarah and I kind of joke, we're like, we want to be like Gina when we grow up. <laughs> yeah, I, I really want to be like you, Gina, when I grow up. I feel like you're so prepared in so many ways. But something that we were talking about that you and your husband just started talking about, which I don't know if maybe it's the news has just brought it up for everybody, but the other stuff. So you've got all the legal stuff figure it out. You've got it on pen to paper. You know your guardian. There's a trust. You've got your will. Everything is solid. But then what was the conversation that you just had over the weekend? It was uh, it was the emotional stuff. Um, you know, we, we do. When we've lost these friends recently, um, you know, our first thought is the financial side of it. You know, are they going to be okay? Can they afford to stay in their house? Um, and we always think, well, we're going to be okay because we've prepared for all of that. So, um, but I said, well, we don't talk about what, like, what happens next. So we have uh, 12 and 10-year-old girls and a 7-year-old boy. And I said, you know, if, if I die tomorrow, you know, the girls, our oldest is in puberty. The 10-year-old is coming upon it. And dad has to handle that now. So I told him, I said, you have to step up. And if you're not comfortable discussing that with them, you know, you have to get other, you know, female relatives involved. Um, and I said, you know, like, don't let the kids live in mourning They They need to know that it's okay for them to still enjoy life and to still do all the things that they do. You know, our, our daughter does theater. And I said, you can't let her give that up. She'll be sad, but you have to tell her that, you know, that's what mom would want you to do. So those things are super hard, but I feel like no one talks about that because you don't, everyone thinks it won't happen to them. Um, but I think it's better to be prepared than to go into it. And I don't know. What Was Ron open to this conversation? I mean, I'm assuming just with his personality, he was more than willing to have that conversation with you. Oh, definitely. He was definitely open to it because he can be a little bit of a pessimist sometimes. <laughs> Ron, um, no. no. <laughs> and so I had to just tell him, you know, you have to find joy and you have to make joy for the kids. And although I know he would be devastated too, um, you know, if the kids are young, you just have to do it for them. So I love that you had that conversation because it's so, so important. And another one I didn't really think about, you know, we go on walks normally Saturday and Sunday, my husband and I, and that's when we have our conversations and things like this come up and it's a great time. You know, I feel like you have to have these conversations because maybe you won't get a chance tomorrow to have them. And it's, it's so, so important. Um, you know, I feel like with, the ages of our kids, there are things that you don't really think about, you know, especially the girls, they're going to need female support. And um, I think having open dialogue with your husbands about how you want those things handled are really, really important being on the same page. Oh, definitely. And we know they can handle it. I mean, they're amazing dads, and we know that they can, they can do it. But sometimes maybe it's that peace of mind that knowing that you, you had the conversation, you said the words, and it just helps you sleep better at night. I agree with you. So hopefully this podcast just gives you guys, um, you know, some things to think about. They're not things that any of us, any of us want to think about, but it's just really been on our heart space and something we wanted to talk about. And just with the recent news, we felt the timing was kind of right. So in closing, 
Um, we're going to add some resources to our show notes. Um, reach out. Gina's amazing. She She's in our VIP group. So if you're on our Facebook VIP and you kind of just want a little bit more insight, she's amazing. Um, and uh, it's time to start planning, people. Any any final words, ladies, on uh, on this topic? No pun intended on that one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, thank you, Gina and Sarah. Like, you guys both have amazing insight in different ways of this kind of stuff. And, you know, again, it's like, for me, I always know that my dad used to joke. He, he goes, no one gets out of life, right? Like, in life. It's just everyone has yeah. a timeline, and that's just how it is. So you kind of have to think about this stuff sooner than later. And, you know, it's it's just one of those things. Like, I'm glad I'm reminded of it because – now we'll talk about it. <laughs> I feel like, and Gina said it best, is like, we, we've been talking about it. We've literally had this conversation for the better part of the last couple of months. And then it hit again and we were like, okay, we keep putting, putting it off. I'm so guilty of it. So, you know, don't put off, you know, the things that, you know, you may, might not be able to do tomorrow. Right. Schedule it, make the phone calls and get it done. Touch it once, people, as I say. So if it's on your heart <laughs> space, touch it once, make the call, set up an appointment, get some information, and, um, you know, look into your options. And something else I'm just thinking about, too. My husband and I love listening to podcasts together. Maybe if you've already listened to this one, because now you're at the end, bring him in on it. You know, maybe it's a good way to start the conversation if you're having a hard time bringing it up. Or if you haven't experienced loss in your own family or in your own circle, like maybe... Just say, hey, I want you to listen to this with me, you know. Well, that's a really good point. Yeah, because it's sometimes hard to have those conversations. But this is one that we really felt we needed to have just in case maybe it's something you hadn't thought about because we keep putting it off. But I know I'm guilty of it and I will not put it off anymore. <laughs> so thank you guys for listening. We hope you get some nuggets of information from this and it inspires you to maybe be a little bit more like Gina and grow up. Yes. <laughs> and plan for the inevitable and have those hard conversations. Chat with you soon.